Welcome to the Sunday Company Post Show Wrap-Up, recorded live. All right, everybody, welcome to episode three of Adequate. The Adequate Show. After Show. Uh, I am joined today, this is Christian Xavier, I am joined today by... Daniel Redman. To my left and to my right. I'm Drea Borcha. How did it go tonight, lady and gentleman? I think we had an overall really strong night. Um, we had a lot of uh, a lot of balance, I think, from the team. Everyone contributed from top to bottom, which I think always makes for a fun show. And I think we had some really critical moments that proved to the audience that we were having fun on stage, which I think is, is always cool. Yeah, I think we touched on that last week, where really high energy or low energy, it's really a, not just a show for the audience, but it's a show for us, because we enjoy doing this, and that's basically what you're talking about tonight. In particular, one of the items that, uh, that was brought up during notes was the Johan game. <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention that. We're, yeah. We can we can talk we can talk probably an hour about how fun that was. Uh, and, and it, it lasted maybe five minutes, but we could <laughs> we could go for more than an hour you, just talking. You were about in the audience, so you were in the audience, uh, you know, watching from their perspective tonight. When you saw that setup and you saw us sort of playing with that Johan character. You know, what, what were you thinking? How did it come across to the audience? Uh, so I, I was up in the voice group, just to clarify uh, for anyone listening. But yes, in oh. the perspective of the audience, I was not on stage. I was definitely watching the show. And I, being voice, I'm supposed to play music and do everything else. And I did get lost in the show to the point where I almost missed a few cues. <laughs> which I'm glad I didn't miss too many of those. But in terms of what we saw in that game in particular was the initial Corey bringing of Johan out after Johan had left the stage and then every single white just pulled him right back in and it was just escalating that individual's character more and more through the game which is hilarious for us but you can tell it's frustrating for Victor who was playing Johan I feel like he wanted to not continue coming on stage as Johan. Which is a mistake. You show you show that little semblance of frustration, the team is gonna jump on you. We should let's take it from the top. You know, we can we'll talk a little bit more about that once we get down to um, uh, TED Talks, but let's take it from the top with Schoolyard so, Insults. Schoolyard Insults today was our opener, which was great because it really shows us not just to listen, but to pay attention. I mean the the main aspect of it is pantomime, and completely silent pantomime, and it was very well executed today. I think Keely was playing that game uh, with Corey, was it? Or who was uh, the Keely and Corey were the two the guessers. guessers yeah. uh, overall, wow, I, I feel like this was one of the strongest Keely shows I've seen. I think uh, she was just on she was on one tonight well i also feel like we have to give credit to like the whole team because that, sh- yeah. that game is brand new for us yeah that brand game new. this is the, the first time we've ever played it yeah, on, stage. on stage yeah we've I, only you know what? practiced it a handful of times i struggled with this game and, and matt didn't give this note but i felt this note personally uh, as i was one of the clue givers and i found myself doing the exact same clues as the opposing team and you know I, like I should. Practice, yeah, but you know? there should be, you know, many ways to skin a cat, and I was skinning a cat the same way. 
it's hard. I think it's really hard with that experience to know how many different ways you can come up with the same thing. And you've got to have a couple in the bag ready because if the other team does yours, you're like, ah, oh, all right, well, now I need a different way to say the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. I will say that during rehearsal today, that is something that Athan and I, when we made our notes, we had a couple of options for a couple of different segments of some of these words that we were trying to break down. But the initial idea or clue the other team started so they actually did that exact same one immediately we knew we had to change yeah. but I will say Keely was very strong in particular today not just in this game but we actually did a, an escape room earlier in the day <laughs> which was epic and Keely happened to use that exact same skill in the escape room today to explain some of the clues that we were missing out because she Wait was conversing you're starting to raise some red flags for me I think we need to test Keely for PEDs, just the day she's had today. I mean, PEDs? I don't even know what PEDs are. Performance-enhancing drugs? Oh, yeah, no, she totally had some. Uh, she had some in the yeah. escape room, clearly. Yeah, and yeah, it was, uh, it was some of that uh, licorice or something. Or, yeah. She's just awesome. Yeah. No, I, I mean, unless she was, is was doping. If she's doping, Skittles. then that's a serious offense in the improper world. I don't know. Do you count Skittles as doping? That's it's a great just, question. I mean, one that the improv elite need to really sort of pin down and discover, is candy a gateway drug in improv? I mean, is, does that lead to... Considering there are bins of candy upstairs for us before every show, I think, very encouraged. I feel like it is a performance-enhancing <laughs> mechanism, drug, sweet. It's dangerous, man, chasing the dragon. Hey. Pop the magic dragon <laughs> by the sea. So we had we had uh, the old Richard of Fate, old Dick of Fate, as game number two. Um, I think I think we misspelled that one. We did. That's right. Oh my God! There's an E in there someplace. Somewhere. Somewhere. All right. So just for everyone listening, we uh, we have Andrea who has stepped away. And we are being joined by a very special guest named Corey. Houston. What's up? What's it's, up? it's pronounced Houston. Husted. Husted. Short for busted. It's like we had some custard earlier today, but I'm not quite sure exactly what happened. We dropped the C because I went to the first name. It was Corey Husted. Houston, actually. You I mean, jumped like, in right at the right time. Okay, nice. So we're just talking about the dick of fate. Yeah, yeah, it's a scary game. It's it scary. Am I talking into this? Yeah, yeah, keep, you have to be a little bit closer. Carrie, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Corey. Corey, there's an O in there. Wow. It's not. It's an it's an O face. Corey. Da- Daniel. Is hey, my name's Daniel, and your name is Corey. Daniel Sun. Danica. Uh, I'd like to take talk. Take a talk. Take a talk. <laughs> wow, I'm having a hard time. I'm getting. Let me let all. me throw down the, uh, the beer. You yeah. know what I think it was? Is we, we got a suggestion oh, of uh, Donald Trump today, and ah. Donald Trump has been known to do awesome sound effects when on campaign trails, and that's probably what Dan was channeling right now with that weird. Trump I was effect. still in Trump mode. Yeah. Deck of Fate for the fucking ninth time. Deck of Fate, for Christ's sakes. We did Deck of Fate. We got musical comedy. Thoughts? Uh, so first, this is, I believe, the first time we've ever cursed on the podcast, so <laughs> did thank I? you very fucking much, Dan. <laughs> uh, we had talked about whether or not that would be cool. I guess we, we had decided that it will. Yeah, you broke the seal, buddy. 
but yeah, we got musical comedy, which uh, is awesome. I love musical games, and being voiced, I had to make sure that I was looking at the right racks, uh, mainly because I had no idea that this was going to be coming. I did not expect it. As soon as it came out, I had to start looking at every. You know, Christian, possible. if there's going to be anybody on the team staring at racks, I would like it to be you. I like staring right? at racks. What can I say? Uh, I can milk my nipples. That's thing. So. Uh, you know what? We we could use a we could use a milkman. So here's the thing. Matt gave a, uh, a a little side note about musical comedy. He said it is the superior game to no, sing it. No, no, inferior no, game yeah, yeah. to sing it. Right. Yes. Uh, what, what do you guys think? Would you? I would say yes. You agree? Inferior. And so. I don't know how much I agree with that, mainly because today I did make the mistake of following the opera model versus yeah. the musical comedy model, not allowing for some of that in-between music yeah. development. No, I, I think that I, th- I felt like that was played right. I, I've in the past when I've seen musical comedy played, the second you cue up that first song, you get a laugh for some reason yes. from the audience. I don't know why they just like they see the reaction from the players and they laugh. They think that's funny. Like they don't even have any time to set up a scene. They're just in it. Yeah, and Dan, I think you were you started out. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately, it was like, you're my sister (laughs) and my marbles. (laughs) Yeah, it's almost like you were channeling one of the lost boys from Pan. You you know what? I I really, I'll, I'll be totally honest. Most times I avoid the singing games. I felt like I, I've gone into a singing rut for a long time. Like, I started off and I was like, yeah, I can rhyme like a bitch. I'm rhyming my ass off in this game. And I lost that for a while. Like, I lost that the ability to connect words in my brain. And so, I've kind of shied away from singing games for a long time. I think in general that tends to happen for everybody. I, I know that I tend to put words together that rhyme very frequently. And I constantly am trying to develop some sort of lyrical... Uh, content in my head. Constantly. He's a lyrical genius, man. Take a look at his penis, man. Is that something you would say? It's probably not something I would say because I wouldn't actually say the word penis out loud. I would, the, I would spell it out. He's the queen <laughs> of us, man. I'm the queen of us. Using my big penis. It's the queen of us. Um, in any case, uh, so I do the exact same thing where I, I constantly practice and I feel like even with that, if I were to jump into a singing game right now, I would be terrible. Yeah. I, I struggle to get the, the melody right sometimes, to get the idea of getting someone else to harmonize with me accordingly, to get the lyrics that are simple enough to everyone to pick up or me to remember for the yeah. chorus. I've seen you do singing quite a bit, though, Corey. What, what, what would you say are the, the things that you think about going into a, a singing game or... You know, what, what rules you try and follow when you're playing a singing game? I really like just being very confident, overly confident about my singing, you know, like, it, it's a sound. So, you know, if I start singing, I'm going to go all out. I'm not going to hold anything back because, yeah. you know, if you hold anything back, then it's like you can tell. So it's like, yeah, it, it is I'm one of those. singing <laughs> and everybody's happy. <laughs> and you're my dad. Yeah. <laughs> and I love you. Do either of you guys have any, like, singing or musical? You have musical background, Christian. Uh, a little bit. I, I can't play an instrument to save my life, but I definitely have an ear for things that I like, and I can comment on how to change things or tweak things for some friends of mine. I've, I've 
participated in a number of different bands just as more of a writer than anything else. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I definitely, I do record. Uh, I do hip-hop mainly myself. Uh, not necessarily in the comedy thing, but I definitely focus on, on the rhythmic uh, spoken word, if you will. Yeah. And that is my background in music. Outside of that, piano lessons as a kid and a collection of instruments that I can't play. Oh. Yeah, no, I've got those. I grew up on the streets, so I had to sing to... The mean streets. avoid sucking dicks. Yeah. The mean streets so, of uh, OBE. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Point Loma, yeah. Point Loma. Wow. Yeah, really Tough, man. That's some rich dick right there. The hood. So, so we had a potpourri replay uh, shortly after. That was our very next game. Yeah. Uh, this, so, something pretty rare happened in this game, I feel like. When uh, the first scene gets a crazy amount of laughter. Uh, yes. You know it's going to be a, a, a great overall game. I was so surprised because typically that first scene is boring, somewhat mundane, boring. a little bit boring, and that's kind of the point of it, really. Yes. Like, let's just do a normal scene. Nothing crazy happens. And I will then, say this. I agree so much with you that I forgot it was potpourri replay. <laughs> I was watching the scene. I'm like, this is going to be a great break. Steve could have just called it right at the first like, scene. And that was potpourri. We're happy. Yeah. 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 That was a scene. Yeah, nice. I it was it. a nice yeah. scene, yeah. yeah. They had the right buttons involved. There was definitely a story. We were following. And it was definitely I mean, Walmart. Who doesn't like Walmart? Right? I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. You guys agree or disagree with this? I felt like that first scene was even better than the iterations of it. I would say yes. Uh, yeah. I feel the science. Like you had science fiction. Science you had fiction, action. So science fiction, yes. action, yeah. and we had love. So action had a great button in it with Keeley throwing the bomb. I thought that was a great button, and yes. people really reacted to that. But overall, the first scene was quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. There was conflict. And, and when they were in love, it's like, I'm, I'm tired of this. I want them to be mad at each other. Yeah, like, yeah. So mad. I, yeah. I will say this. I tried getting some mood music in there and changing the colors of the LEDs so that we can get some of that mood into that as well. It was well. awesome, yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, I could not hear for the life of me the music that was playing, so I don't know if it came off well, if it was too loud, too soft, not, you know. You know, it... Uh, Matt had an inter interesting point that uh, all of our volumes were at Sunco level. Yes. We had a crowd that was main stage quality tonight. Well, main stage energy. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, so we, we definitely yeah. needed to push a little bit harder. I will admit that I needed to do that with the music. And my energy was really low tonight from the note that I got. Because you sounded sleepy. Were you were you taking naps up there in the booth? I wish I was taking naps. I cannot follow in Afton's footsteps and fall asleep in the theater. Uh, no, I basically it was a very long day yesterday. I got home super late last night. Got up super early this morning, and it's just it's been nonstop. And I think that's part of what contributed to it. But I will take the blame myself. I will not push down on any excuses. I need more energy. Take a little break, you know. Yeah. And I needed a monster. Take a little snoozer. Or you know what? Ask Keely what PEDs she's using yeah. and get Skittles, a quick injection. Right? You think it's just Skittles? It might be ketamine. She might be in a K-hole all show. She seem, it seems like that would be... She actually asked me, like, well, we went outside for that one game. Uh, what was Blind line? No. We went um, outside for schoolyard. Yeah. Okay. And she, she literally asked me, she's like, what are you on, Corey? And I was like, dude, what? What? Really? I'm, yeah. I'm hell, it was right, a real quick. You guys had a real moment about drugs outside? I was like, I'm not, I'm not on it. I swear. <laughs> I promise. What, what gave her that inclin inclination? Did she like 
I have um, my pupils are um, naturally you know, dilated. Yeah. Well, it's from. I mean, I, I do take a lot of prescription um, like cocaine and. Oh, okay. Prescription cocaine. Yeah, I've heard of that before. So, the recreational type. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Just kidding. Uh, for all the listeners out there, I, so I, this I do is, not. I think dance this is the most rose right now. <laughs> Yeah. Rubbing his teeth, sniffing a little bit. So this is the most raw, or the rawest episode we've had thus far. It has gone down the hole very, very steeply. Okay. Speaking my, of... I'm sorry. Sorry. It's not your fault. Spe- no, Dan started with no, the fault. Spe- Speaking of, let's yeah. talk about Crime Story. Yeah. Yes. Um, Corey and I, uh, as a detective, I picked this game tonight. You can tell me why you picked to do Crime Story. I picked it because I suck at this. And I want to get better, and I wanted to throw myself into the fire a little bit to try and get better at this because I struggle with it. So I I like the lesson. I like learning from it. I I didn't do it as well as I want to do it, and I... I got good notes from Matt on it that uh, I kind of took the clues on a tangent. Yeah. Uh, maybe even too early and maybe sidetracked the guessing a little bit. Uh, but I like the fact that uh, that we have those opportunities to kind of challenge us. Why, why did you pick Crime Story? Let me tell you something, Dan. I picked all of the games based on one factor tonight, and it's whether or not you were in it. <laughs> Yeah. I I have a I guess a thing a thing for you. <laughs> He's got a thing for yeah. you, Dan. So no, I, well, I I did pick it because uh, well I don't know actually yes because you were in it that's actually so that's truth. Crime story Ooh. is definitely one hey you're one. riding the wrong horse, bro. Bro, <laughs> if this is the horse you're riding to the finish line, yeah. if you're talking about like <laughs> in a sexual way, then. I'm I'm on it. You're I'm, you're riding. You're yeah. riding to the finish line. To Boner Town. <laughs> Straight to Boner Sword Fights. Yeah. That's it. Cool. All right. Let's the get to the next game. game. Next game. <laughs> no, it's so, a crime story. Uh, I felt like was a bit of a low. Like the audience was in. They were on board. They. Um, no, we were having fun. It was it was still fun. I think honestly, I felt like in this game, we had great help from our guessers. Yes. They did an awesome, like, uh, Andrea had a fantastic character, uh, threw back a little sass my way, uh, and, and to both of us, uh, Afton had some really nice guest work, and, and that kind of carried the scene, you know? It did feel like the audience kind of dipped their energy a little bit there, but I think you guys did manage to keep it up with, uh, with the jokes that you were dropping all the time, with those cigarette thing burning uh-huh. on their arms. And- Before the scene started, Corey's like, here's the deal. You're a good cop, I'm bad cop. I had maybe half of a second of being a good cop, and then I was like, fuck it, I'm not. <laughs> I can't, I can't be a good cop. I want to be a bad cop so bad. Anyway, so tonight was bad cop, bad, bad cop. cop. Bad yeah. cop. And not necessarily bad like they're mean. They're just bad cops. I mean, they could have. I had I had one line. I was like, "No, Corey, you shouldn't burn the the criminal like that." And then I was like, "Nah, fuck this, dude. This is this sucks. I hate being a bad cop there's, or a good cop." There's certain people on our team that I'm very comfortable with with the guessing. Yeah, uh, I would call out Keely. You know, especially she knows yeah. how to how to run those kinds of games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and anyone else that comes to mind? Andrea is a great guesser yeah. too. Andrea, yeah. yeah, we're waving at Andrea now because she turned around. Hi, she, she'd a bomb. Hell yeah, she'd a bomb. If and we blowing kisses our way, if we, like, uh, we're yeah. special. Yeah, I, I think that, and in some cases, like when we come to specialty shows, 
it's so key for Matt to put people in their places, I feel like, and slot the show with who he thinks is going to drive it. Yeah, like, you know, when we come to next week in, in the, the Comic-Con wrestling show. Awesome segue. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go, right? Let's plug it. Plug but you, it. you have the people in place that are going to be solid at those games. What does that say about you and me and the, <laughs> and the mouse? What, like, can we we get the dangerous game, bro. Yeah, you We're going to make that you happen. You and Brian are going to be participating in the most it's, dangerous I'll, game. I'll tell you. Brian is going to be the funniest dude. Yeah. Oh. He's a squealer. <laughs> He's a squealer. I'm I don't so need... scared about dropping an F-bomb yeah. playing that game. Oh, my God. I know the second I feel that snap on my foot, oh. I'm going to drop a shit or a fuck or <laughs> something you know, the worse. Way I do it, the way I do it for that is I, I immediately start to think about fudge. So I don't say fuck it. I say fudge bucket. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got more sounds discipline. sounds almost dirtier than fuck it or whatever. But <laughs> yeah. still, it's... It's like, you know what, you know why? I actually heard this. Uh, maybe somebody on the team said it. The letter K. When you have anything with the letter K in it, it's funny for whatever reason. The, like the hard sound of K in a word, like bucket, gets a lot bucket. of, gets laughs. Like uh, so I would email. say, instead of, <laughs> is it emu or is it emu? I'm sorry. I don't know. What did I, I, I say? To, I need You're to find out. You an emu. Because <laughs> I was like, oh my So during God. notes today... We brought up the emu scene, and the question came, and mainly because I heard Afton say it this way, it was emu, which is not emu, and I'm wondering, is that a Canadian pronunciation, or is that just, I've been wrong my entire freaking life? Because I have no idea. Well, let's, let's, let's go down, let's get there. Can I get you a beer? I'm good for now. Okay. Yeah. Well, let, it yeah. Sound, it sounds it. like Corey needs a beverage. Do you need a dip? No, I, I don't do dip. No. No. Oh, okay. You need alcohol. Oh no. <laughs> let's, let's keep going. Let's talk about Dirty Hand Randy. Dirty Hand Randy, for everyone listening, is a category game where basically we announce a specific category and we have to start naming elements within that category. Speaking of elements, that was our first suggestion tonight. This, you know what? This was a this was the biggest surprise in my mind. It's a level one game. It's one of the first games I remember learning, uh, taking classes. It went over incredibly. Yeah. People ate it up. They were on the edge of their seats. Uh, we had high energy. High energy is a big thing. Yeah, we had some big moments. I think the biggest thing about that game is that it is, in fact, an elimination game. And as much as it is messed up, we as a society love to see people fail. Oh, yeah, you're right. So I think that's the biggest uh, selling point, if you yeah. will, for that game in particular. It's like, oh, elements. No one's a fucking scientist. <laughs> right? We and actually have We actually um, have actually, a yeah. scientist. Afton is, Afton, a, Afton is a scientist. She is a chemist. She knows her elements. I heard her sigh, like, oh, yeah, I got this yeah. on stage when, when uh, the elements was, was selected. They have different elements in Canada, though. That's right. Oh, they have, like, a A at the end of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, zinc A. I think that's what it's actually called. Oxygen is not O. It's O-A. <laughs> and, no, it's, uh, it was one of those games that... It's always fun to play. It's always fun to challenge yourself. It's a very fun game to play. And to it really practice is, is yeah. crazy. Well, because yeah. you can practice at home alone while yeah. you're watching TV. Who no, killed it, though? Who killed it on that game? Uh, my fucking boy, say, Dan. Guess, uh, that's who. <laughs> Dan may have killed it. With the dance moves. But, but Joe, <laughs> Joe destroyed Steve. Oh, my God. That was a really funny moment. So, where, yeah. for the suggestion of capitals, we got Joe, who gave us Boston. Right? Boston, Massachusetts. 
and basically he was able to step in and he got called out by Steve, our wonderful host, uh, and there was a confrontation, if you will. So sitting down and stepping away. Stepping away is Corey. We now have the wonderful Joseph Bandini. El Bandito. Sitting hey with us. All right, you got to get a little Joe, bit closer to the mic. If, yeah, can, right can you hear us okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Joe, we're talking about uh, your confrontation with Steve during Dirty Hand Randy. And if you could talk us through a little bit uh, the Boston snafu, let's call it. Uh, and and how you reacted, and it was an amazing moment for what, the audience. And what was going through your mind when you realized you had to step up to Steve and say, "No, <laughs> host, you're wrong." So it was it was pretty much par for the course for Steve. I feel like ever since I've come onto Sunco, he, he's recognized me as an East Coaster, and he he wanted to you know stake his claim on that. But here here comes me, and Boston's definitely way better than whatever. I mean New that's Jersey the is from. that's the natural born rivalry. It, it's it's the New York New Jersey uh, versus the Boston versus I mean, New England really. Yeah, the whole New England thing. I mean, you know that there's going to be. Do you think he was taking a pot shot at you there? I mean, was that was that a deliberate shot? He comes at me a lot, so it was very expected, and I was I was ready. I had my Dukes up, and I, I shot him down. He went back to his place, and you know, he took it well, though. I respected him for the way he just was like, "Yep, you owned me. There it is." And it got it got to the point where Steve raised his hand, recognizing that as a host, he has failed, and he could be eliminated should he fail again. And then someone else would have to step in as host to finish that game. Well, I thought well that those those are such interesting moments too, and. In my mind, they're kind of courageous moments where you're breaking the entire game to uh, completely riff on something that happened. And here's the thing. I got to know last week about not breaking the fourth wall. I think today's situation for that game merited breaking the fourth wall. All right, so, yeah, so Joe is saying that he cannot hear me. I can hear you. you can I hear me? you. All right, so I can. I'm heard on one side, but not on the other. My lips are being red. I'm doing all right. I can hear you a little bit. Okay, we'll get through it. Sounds good. Let's go into our next game, uh, Blind Line, uh, which was was a pretty nice moment. Uh, we had uh, myself, uh, Corey, who's our third player in Blind Line, was Keely. Was it? It was a Keely. Do you remember? I remember my first beer. <laughs> uh, so was it Afton? Line, I don't believe it was Afton. We can find out, though. All right, so we're going to have Joe ask the question who was in Blind Line. So we had Victor. That's right. I did a really good job. That's why So Victor did a really good job. Victor did a great job in Blind Line. Yeah, it was great. That's right. He's the victor. Okay. I remember the scene now. I'm in. I'm locked in. Yes. Yes. There was a... Yes. Now that he does the hand gesture, I totally know exactly what happened. So it was Corey, right? Yep. Dan and Victor, where Dan was obsessed with going back to his Neanderthal ways. Fully body hair, converting the entire living area into a jungle and allowing Victor, their son, to only hang out with Dan as... Uh, as one Cheers. of those individuals that's constantly dressing the same way. So it's awesome. Uh, basically, getting back to the wild side. It, it was a, you know, it was an interesting game because, and, and kind of funny in a way that every line that Corey picked up 
was a perfect fit for the scene. L needed very little justification. Uh, we had a few lines that needed it, but overall, when the lines land, that game is just a crusher. Hakuna Matata. What a way to end. Yeah. I mean, on the sidelines, I was watching that as basically an audience member, and when I saw Welcome to the Jungle being aligned with that, <laughs> yeah. and then Hakuna Matata, I said, there's no way that this doesn't These are going to well. connect, yeah. yeah. And so, the order of it was obviously up to chance, and it, it ended up doing very well. It the, only, the only thing I wish, and it's, it's a personal desire, preference, wish, whatever you want to call it, was I wish the last line would have been Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, yeah, that would have been closer. Because I had that queued up as the music that I was going to use for the, mm. the game ender, which I had already used in the beginning of the, of the show, but it just fit so well that I had to. And I didn't use it specifically when you guys were coming back in, mainly because it is a, a, a re-entry song. Yeah. But it was one of those where I was like, I'm going to hold off and use this at the end of the game just in case. Yeah. Is there a Lion King track up on the uh, audio? <laughs> I looked, that I looked, <laughs> I looked. I looked for Disney and I couldn't find it. I really did. I went through like five to ten track um, track. Racks. That's what they were. I keep staring at racks. Thank you. We're really not living up to the nature of the phrase, though. The phrase means no worries, and here we are worrying. We're worrying. Well, we're not worried because I had backups. Like, Welcome to the Jungle, which I used, and I also used uh, Everything is Awesome after like what Batman sucked earlier in the show. That's true. Good connection there. Yeah, well, I, I try to connect things when I can. So TED Talks, we went into TED Talks, and uh, Joe, you, you've been a frequent TED Talker, I feel like. You you really liked that role of, uh, you know, taking the, the early uh, speech and uh, giving the content, uh, and you've gotten really solid at it. I've, I've seen you do a lot of TED Talks now, and it's it's tonight went extremely well. Thank you. Uh, you, and, you and Andrea had good chemistry and had, uh, you know, audience really kind of eating up what you guys were saying. On get, and gave us a lot of content for scenes, as, as we found out later. Uh, how would you compare this TED Talk to ones you've been in in the past? So I tried to do a little bit of a different character tonight. Um, still had the vagina hands? Still had the vagina hands. you got to do it. It's, but kudos on that character. You know, give, give the crowd what they want, at least to game. some degree. Be, be a little <laughs> But yeah, I tried to do a little bit of a different character. I felt like I had been playing the... Uh, you know, sarcastic, know-it-all kind of, you know, like a TED Talk person who knows yeah. it all. Tonight, I, I want to do a little, a little nerdy, a little, a little something <laughs> crazy. Uh, haven't done a weird character in a while, so I wanted to pull out something. Well, you know, it's a, it's a big compliment from Matt when he says that the words that you were saying, the things that you were saying, made sense for your character. You, you, like you're channeling the character, and the things you're saying are completely in line with what that character would do. You know, that's that's a real compliment to the character itself and kind of, you know, I mean, that's, being that's 360 defined, degrees with it. That's defining the character to the third dimension, which in short form improv, and TED Talks being a medium form for us, even in medium form improv, is very difficult to do in such a quick way. And TED Talks in particular, it's a premise generator that lasts maybe three to five minutes at most. And to, to have a character so three-dimensional at that rapidity or quickness, whatever you want to call it, is is amazing. So kudos to you, kudos to Andre. Thank you. Uh, what I like, what I like about that most is 
I feel like that improv is inherently bullshit, right? You know, we're making shit up on the spot. But why I always choose to do that game is that it feels more like pure bullshit because you're sitting there <laughs> and you're literally just making shit up out of thin air. It's the and purest of bullshit. And it's like you kind of get the stage almost to yourself. You're sharing it with one person, but it's not like a back and forth, which I obviously like about improv. It's more like I can go on a, a diatribe about bullshit and completely think of <laughs> the most bullshit. It's a skill for sure. So I think we've definitely defined our podcast to be not a family-friendly show. <laughs> Today we've we've tweaked our approach and, uh, and changed it a little bit, which I'm fucking fine with, by the way. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. So here, let's, in the vein of that, let's play Fuck, Mary Kill character edition that we had tonight in the show. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's, let's throw in Joe's character in TED Talks. Okay. Johan. Should we give a description of, of the let's character? Go, sure. Let's go ahead and give so a let's, description. So yeah, let's talk about the characters and what their idiosyncrasies are. And then we'll play Fuck, Mary Kill okay, based so, on those characters. So we will talk with, we will start with the scientist from the TED Talks. Joe, tell us about your character. Well, I, I tried to just be, you know, a little nerdy, a little awkward. I said things a little bit differently, you know, just somebody that's been buried in a laboratory who doesn't have a lot of social skills, but he was smart enough to be confident up on a TED stage, and, <laughs> and the audience knew that it was awkward, but he didn't know it was awkward. Yeah. Okay. And that's very, very much how I read that character as well. And the other character that we wanted to bring into this is Johan, the amazing photographer and artist. But you know what? The, the other nuance to that character, which we discover by continuing to pull that character on stage, is that it's a character that is frustrated with their life path. Yes. That maybe wants to change their life and change their goals, sees a lot of old naked bodies. And impacts those old naked bodies enough to where they make life decisions based off of their experiences with Johan. That's it, right. It's kind of a turn. You know, usually people are striving to be an artist and trying to be what Johan was doing. And Johan had achieved that, but he had too many expectations. People were pulling him in too That's many directions. Right. Yep. Now we need a third character. How about the Neanderthal? The yeah, Neanderthal, that. That, that would be Dan's hairy Neanderthal. Give us a little breakdown, Dan, of your... Wonderful. It felt very Dan. I said this before. It seemed like it came from an actual place in your life that you Here's the thing. You know what? I, you know what I first thought of when I was uh, going into the character is that it felt to me almost like a midlife crisis. Something traumatic had happened, important or traumatizing. In this case, it was a firing from a job, and the person, almost like a, one of my favorite movies, is American Beauty. Oh, yeah. And that, that's kind of the direction I was going. Like, I'm just going to change everything. I'm not doing it right, life being in quotations. So I'm going to do everything completely different and just move my life in a completely different... I'm going to run from my fear and my pain and my issues. That's what it felt like. And instead of throwing a plate against the wall, it ended up being a spear into an emu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that circles back to emu versus emu, because I still don't know how to know. pronounce that. But in any case, those are our three characters. So fuck, Mary kill. Fuck, Mary kill. Well, uh, I'm going to fuck myself because <laughs> that's just who I that's am. That's convenient. He needs to work on his forearms, that's why. Uh, so fuck, Mary kill, Dan. So I think that I would fuck Johan because I feel like fucking a angry artist 
would be exciting. Like you're fucking an artist that is uh, tired of their job. They've got frustration. They can really pound one out. Okay. Um, probably kill. Sorry, Joe. Probably kill the nerdy, awkward scientist because no offense. They would be. I think those awkward moments. I'd be wondering: Are they trying to make me feel less smart? Are they saying things to make me feel less smart? That fucking scientist. Fuck that scientist. No, no, no. Kill that scientist. Okay. Uh, and then marry the Neanderthal. Because you know what? The Neanderthal was full yourself. of fun. You love yourself. Full of fun. So Just in, in your mind, is married like the, the top outcome, or is it more up no, to interpretation? Uh, no, I mean, yeah, that's interpretation. But for you, it's marry... Like, it's short-term fun. What can I handle for a long period of time? What I want to fucking get rid of. It's very humble of you to pick your own character, Mary. <laughs> so for me... You fucked yourself, buddy. I mean, yeah, it's a 60 seconds of fun, though. <laughs> so it's a little bit different for me. I would, first of all, I'd kill off the Neanderthal. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I would, I would. And the reason is... Strong disagree, but I'll get to that. Well, my reasoning is they're already extinct. What the hell are you doing in our time zone? You would be concerned about it, like, this yeah, is, I mean, you don't this, fit in we, here. Well, not only that, like, we don't need a back-to-the-future situation where people start getting erased because you didn't die in the right time or whatever. So, yeah. goodbye, Mr. Neanderthal. Uh, next, I would have to say that I would marry Joe. Wow. Yeah. Joe's character, not Joe. I well, do. no, I, I meant Joe. Accept. I meant Joe. Uh, but yeah, Joe's character is is a bright individual that knows a lot about the research that he's working on, and I think that that is that is a very attractive, uh, you know, characteristic. Okay. So I would kill Neanderthal. I would marry Joe, and I guess I have to put up with fucking a photographer. You'd fuck Johan as well. We're both fucking Johan. Have you heard of an Eiffel Tower? I'm in. All right, we got that, Joe. We already know you'd fuck yourself. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to stick with fucking myself. Uh, that was a joke earlier, but now that I actually I ran through it in my head, it's, it's actually <laughs> logical. Uh, and I'll get to that. So, All right. So I'm going to go ahead and marry the Neanderthal because I thought your character was providing for his family just like in the classic way. You know, if shit goes down and if we go post-apocalyptic, we're going to need those skills. Interesting. And, and you cared. You know, you cared for your family. You were there. Like, I'm going to marry the shit out of that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, can't can't mess with the chest hair either. That's right. Something to hold on to. And you're fucking yourself. And you're. So that means I'm killing the shit out of Johan. I mean, killing him. He was an artist. He had he had assistants. He had people. He had success. And he wasn't happy. And like he was living the life that most people wanted. He wasn't happy. Like, I mean, that's that's pretty killable in my opinion. Like, why don't yeah. like why don't you go fuck yourself and then I'll kill you. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh. That was our very first fuck Mary kill on this show. Uh, we, we've done a pretty good job of describing why we would fuck Mary or kill uh, the, the characters we've chosen. Uh, overall, it's there was like, there's nothing at all awkward about that either. No, I mean, no. I mean, we're not grown men could talk about who they're gonna fuck Mary kill. I mean, that's especially if they're made up characters. I mean, why not? That's right. Why not? But on a side note, wow, that was. Memorable and unbelievably fun just toying with Victor. Yes. You know, and throwing him on stage. He was hiding in the back in the side rooms, and we just kept bringing him out. And it was it was beautiful. He was so hoping to not get pulled up on stage. I don't think we've ever thrown him off that much. Uh, 
never seen him off his game like that after a show. <laughs> but you know what? It's probably going to happen again. We've found, like, his sore spot. Oh, yeah. He's got a little... He's got a spot in the armor. So one of those things that we do regularly during rehearsal is adjective, character name, and position or career or whatever. And we always mess around with Matt saying Jar Jar because he hates the character Jar Jar Binks. I think from now on, we're going to have that opportunity with Victor to give him Johan. Vic Vic Binks. It's going to be Johan, the angry photographer. We, we should really <laughs> recall Johan. Every, every show, there should be a Johan reference. Every chance we get. We'll In honor that. of Victor being like the nicest and most thoughtful cast <laughs> member, we sh- we're definitely just going to fuck with him. <laughs> That's what we You're do. We point. are a family. We definitely uh, live for each other, and we will mess with each other. Dan, are you okay? You keep coughing. Yeah, sorry. I just I felt uh, a bit of bullshit coming up in my throat when Joe was talking about Victor being the nicest person he's ever met. I didn't say that I, on our on our 25 person cast. That's true. Yeah, we are we are a small 25 person cast. God, we're huge. Oh, God, we're so huge. Yeah, we used to be, like, really small, like, eight. Now we're, like, at a 20. You you went through that spell where it was just a tight eight and everyone was in every show, right? Yeah, we had no choice. I mean, we we were in a situation where for a solid six months, I think, if not more, there was literally seven to eight of us that were around constantly. Everybody else either dropped or were unavailable for an extended period of time. And we survived it, and we got more cast members. I mean, I'm happy to see the people that I see around, like Victor, Keely, Joe, people that I've seen on house teams, on, on the college teams and everything else, coming up and joining the ranks of the Sun Cup. We have people, I feel like, in house teams now that are more than deserving of being on Sunco, and we just simply don't have space for them. We don't have space for them. Main stage doesn't have space for a lot of us right now. What do you think the, what do you, what would you say the solution is for that? We've thrown out solutions in passing, and Matt's even sort of inquired with the team what we think we can do to expand the team or get all of us action. So I think, I think the difference between our team and the main stage is that the main stage is not as deeply involved with each other as we are and I think that's what makes it a struggle for us because we are such a group oriented or family oriented type of uh, habitation environment I don't know how to describe it it really is fun we are a team we are a unit and we enjoy each other's company we hang out for hours on end because our shows are the same day as rehearsals and main stage doesn't have that college team doesn't have that so we are unique in that aspect and it's difficult to bring more people in and share that level of energy and care mainly because we are such a large team yeah it's true it's easy to focus on one day though you know there's there's one day that we come together and we dedicate our whole day yeah and we're able to do the lunch thing do the you know post practice yeah but here's the thing though you you get to have that whole thing every day right with keely so you're a little bit different than we are. We, we have a little bit less to say on that front. But, yeah, it is, it is a once-a-week we, we have to ask Joe about that. So have you guys both seen Don't Think Twice? I don't yes. think I've seen The improv movie? I did, yeah. I've not seen that yet. So there, there is a, a little bit between um, Key and his girlfriend in the movie, Jillian Jacobs, and they, they reference that, wow, it's so amazing to have an improviser as a girlfriend because you can 
you're constantly sort of improvising and having fun in that in the way that improvisers sort of play. We have to ask you, Joe, is that what it's like in the personal life of Joe and Keely? Are you guys, do you improvise on your own? Do you play in that manner? You don't have to be too intimate, but give us some insight into what it looks like as dating an improviser. I would say that, yeah, we, we, we don't sit around and just do entire scenes and take up the living room and dance around like assholes. I will, that's, that's not what we do. You don't? But, I but used to do that. There's definitely little moments in the day where, you know, you'll pull out an accent or you'll do a little bit and the other person will immediately know that it's a bit and we'll just do a funny little thing and it will be yeah. 30 seconds. And, and here's the thing, that sort of engagement between two people is amazing because I used to do that with, with uh, a girl I dated years ago where legitimately like she'd walk in and I'm there in the kitchen cooking something I say cooking microwaving something whatever <laughs> uh, and I would see her and all of a sudden she'd say oh it's fun time alright cool and I'd do a little dance and she immediately joined in why? because it's what, what was fun it was easy it was it was something to just put a smile on each other's faces and then move on 30 seconds later yeah. to the actual things of, I don't know, eating, watching TV, or whatever else. I think that, uh, and I'm going to go out on a limb in saying this, that you both probably grow a little bit having that same sort of passion of improv. And I, I would say that, and maybe, hopefully they would agree, Elisa and Patrick have probably both grown as improvisers. Right being together and having sort of come up through the ranks in improv, uh, that they've kind of grown in a way and understand improv better, having, being able to bounce things off of each other and have the same understanding of improv. I think, if anything, it also allows, because they are in that situation and it's constantly permitting of it, it allows them to feel more secure and more confident in their approach to improv. Not just being there like, oh, I can't take this risk because I'm willing to take this risk with the significant other and they're not laughing at me in a negative way. They're, they're supportive. That means I can take this risk out there in the world because I know that I got this backing. So I will say at, at the beginning, like when we actually started getting on stage together was in, was a few years into our relationship and it was actually a little bit weird really, to be in a scene together or anything, which was kind of weird in itself like thinking about it because I'm like oh yeah we do this stuff at home we do it when we're taking a walk when we're doing whatever but now it's like we're kind of our relationship is like on a stage now even though even though I know the audience knows it's like made up it's just still like oh we have to carry this over now and we have to replicate it whereas like if it's just you or I or Christian and I or somebody else it's just like oh the scene's over and and then there's no actual continuing relationship other than like a friendship that's really interesting actually so do you feel like you you would maybe hold back a little bit if you were on stage with Keely and sort of watch a little bit what you say or do or with with Keely even in the in the in the uh, in the players group like do you feel like you might have to monitor yourself a little bit is is that would you say that's in play or no I don't think I don't think now, um, and I also never, I don't feel like any, either of us were monitoring ourselves, but it, it was almost like I didn't want to be in a scene with her for some reason, like, I just would not necessarily go out of, go out of my way to avoid it, but I wouldn't jump to it. I think we're at a point yeah. now where I'm, I'm comfortable with it, but yeah. it definitely was a little weird in, at the beginning. What, like, I would definitely say, so, sorry to interrupt, I would definitely say that for me, 
at times on stage, I definitely hear stuff coming out of my mouth that come from my relationship, you know, and, and there are things that I'm thinking about or have been talking about in my relationship and they come out on stage. And I think that's just natural, like that, you know, like in my personal life, I've always been dreaming of being a Neanderthal and it just came out on stage tonight. And I knew it. <laughs> but, you know, like in those real moments come from things that are buried deep inside, you know, there's always a bit of truth to comedy. That's I think the saying that exists for that sort of yeah. conversation. But the question that I have for Joe is what is it that's weird about it? Was it the being on stage with your significant other and having to leave what was there on stage and not take it back? Or was it the struggle that you're afraid of bringing something that is from the personal side into the stage environment? I don't think it was the bringing the personal thing. I think it was more of like we already had a history of doing this in our personal lives of just being who we are and being silly. Whereas when I would improvise with like you guys, it, it was an actual new experience and it was like truly improv. And it was kind of almost felt like it was cheating, but like we had a leg up. But I'll, I don't know. I, it's it's one of those hard to describe things. I, I think she. We've talked about it. I think she would back me up if we could get her over here. But I'll go, uh, pull her in. Pull her in. All right, it's Keely's turn to come and join the table. All right, signing off. Sorry to put you on the spot there, Joe. We can we can both talk about each other separately and then and then come back and listen to each other That's and fine. see if That's we're still dating afterwards. I'm sure you will be. All right, guys. See All right, you. thanks, Joe. All right, leading now is Keely or Joe and Keely coming in. Hi, Keely. World. So, a couple things. Uh, we first have been raving about your show tonight. Thank you, Daniel. Because you fit, did a like top to bottom fantastic job. To, I mentioned it was one of the best Keeley shows I've seen. Thanks, Dan. And we actually questioned whether or not you're on PEDs. Uh, well, that would first require that I know what PEDs are. I had so the exact same performance question. enhancing drugs. Oh, um, well, you know, I like to drink a lot of caffeine. And okay. I, I like some really strong hugs, and I can attest to the fact that Corey Houston gave me a really good hug before the I, show. I overheard that hug. So hugs are PEDs. Yeah, and I so, felt pretty fueled up from that, I do have to say. I, I thought it was going to be Skittles. I will say that. Yeah. I called out Skittles. I called out a couple of other sweet concoctions, if you will. I was wrong. It was caffeine. Because I heard you also crushed the uh, escape room. You were a key component in the escape room. I mean, I guess you could say that, but at the same time, I was, like, absolutely petrified by fear from the zombie. <laughs> there was definitely... This is not an exaggeration. I was in the corner shaking at one point and almost crying it was hilarious. from the zombie. But, you know, I overcame my fear. It's always good to overcome fears, and we escaped. Yes. So the reason we brought you over is we were talking with Joe in regards to dating and improvising. Okay. And the comfort level that's required for performing on stage as well as just the interactions that two improvisers would have outside of that environment and how they translate to each other. Comfort level, is it awkward to be on stage with someone you're dating because you know it's improv? Do you bring things from the relationship onto the stage or do you just take the stage work for stage work and leave it there and not necessarily bring it in later? Like, why did you say this or that? Like, what what is the way that you typically handle that? It's a good question. Um, I can imagine that Joe talked about the fact that when we started doing improv together after we had started dating, it was a little odd because... He said the same thing. Yeah, I mean, and we talked about it a lot because... Uh, for people 
people that know who we are, we're kind of on all the time people. Like, we have that banter in our house all day long. We're the type of people that are, like, singing in the bathroom as we're brushing our teeth and, like, doing awkward dance moves as we're putting pajamas on at the end of the night. Like, that's just who we are. And so I guess it was kind of, like, raw and vulnerable for that aspect of our life to be up on stage when we were performing together. Because when you perform alone, you can be your silly self in your own little world with your teammates. But when your partner's up there, too, the person that, like, knows you the best in the world, I don't know. It's, it was definitely an odd feeling. I feel like we've overcome it really well. But I don't particularly feel like we bring our life on stage at all because I think we both, we're both very, like, I don't want to say witty. That sounds braggy. But we're both very, like, in-the-head thinking type of improvisers. And so I think we're so focused on the show that I could, I'm not smart enough to bring an aspect of my life, like, in a purposeful way. Outside of the show, would you say in some way you've grown as an improviser, being able to sort of communicate in an improv way with Joe outside of the theater? Oh, yeah. Because one thing I never had before dating Joe was we get to debrief our show, just the two of us on the way home. Like, we leave the Beagle and we get in the car and then we kind of have our own note session of, oh, I forgot to tell you in notes, I really liked this. Or, oh, did you see Dan when he did this, blah, blah, blah. That was so interesting. I'd never think to do that in the show. And it was always kind of a weird thing before dating an improviser to be like, I did this really cool thing in improv. And someone would say, oh, that's cool. You know, and they wouldn't really <laughs> it's like, what's improv? Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing improv in... October, I think it'll be my eighth year doing improv. Wow. That's a long it's been time. a big part of my life. Wow, you're keeping track. I am keeping track. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm a type A so person. In October, it's going to be like my eight year improversity. It's going to be awesome. Who's throwing me a party? I'm hoping that someone will make me cupcakes and give me lots of hugs. Hint, hint, wink, wink. I feel like Elisa makes really good cupcakes because she's a mom. So hopefully, she'll actually listen to this episode. I all the way through to the end. We're going to tag her in the post and Absolutely. say, listen, all the way to the end. So, yeah, that, that's that's awesome information. Thank you very much for sharing with us and being open and candid. What did you think about 185 tonight, our last show of the evening? Uh, we've, we've talked through all the, the games that we played tonight. How did you feel about our quick, short 185 that we had? Well, I do have to say that I was really holding a donkey joke in my head. Hit us with it. Which was going to be... From my brain, not from Daniel Redmond. 185 donkeys on the bar, and the bartender's like, "Get out, donkeys! We don't serve donkeys!" And the donkeys are like, "But it's so cold outside, and I'm so sick of hearing my girlfriend say." Oh, you should have hit him with that. I was about to, and then you went up. You should have dove you know in what? there before me. I don't really me. think it landed very well when you did it, so I was kind of happy that you did it before I did. Let's be honest. It didn't land very well because it wasn't as well set up as yours would have been. You know, I think that there were just some other really good jokes tonight. Yes. And even Corey is stepping up there with what an ass or whatever it was. It was almost like, ah, oh, that is PG-13. It's still okay. In a it has to be show. said. It was more like, this yes. one has to be said. You can take it or leave it. You can throw me off stage. I have to say this yeah. joke. Yeah. I do have to say, though, everyone keeps calling it a short 185, but I like the fact that we took two categories and we really dug into them. I sometimes feel like we get a category, we say the one circus joke that's like in our stock that we know, like, oh, it's cows, it's otters, haha, we're moving on. And tonight I feel like people really like stood there and thought about it and gave some thoughtful jokes. Even if they didn't land, they still were like, oops, they still were like, 
more than our normal just stock. Not to mention, you're so right on that. Not to mention, we have we ever gotten donkeys and gum as suggestions? So. I, That's no, super atypical. So. Yeah. You know? It was a great show. It was a great show. Today's energy was was off the chain. We got a good team. We had good energy tonight. Hell yeah. yeah. Even up to the voice booth, it was some good energy tonight. I what? tried. My energy was very low. I've already talked about it. I was falling asleep according to what everyone heard. <laughs> you know what? Just fine. Okay. You it still is. had energy. I had energy, just enough yeah. to press You buttons. were pushing those buttons super fast, man. Hell yeah, quick, short delay. <laughs> In any case, uh, it was a great show tonight. Uh, thank you very much for helping us out, Kaylee. Thank you, Kaylee. Thank you, Kaylee. Uh, overall, I think it was uh, very well executed, Dan. What do you think? Great night, uh, great audience, uh, surprising audience. We had uh, close to 40 when we expected eight, yeah, uh, and the, that's uh, always nice. Yes, absolutely. The, the amount of walk-ups we had today was, was definitely huge. Good stuff, man. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to our third episode of Adequate, the after show, Sunco after show podcast. Uh, we had a great time. We hope you join us next week, and we will talk to you all later. Oh, quick plug. Next week, Comic-Con show. Wrestling. Wrestling. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have players from the theater beyond just Sunco, and basically it should be a lot of fun. You're going to see a lot of costumes and uh, interesting makeup. All right, everyone. Thanks again for joining, and we will catch you all next week. Until next time. Next time. From the Regal Beagle, this is Christian Xavier and Daniel Redman signing off. This has been the Sunday Company Post Show Wrap-Up. Thanks for listening. 